0: Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and it's great to be back with you on the podcast today. In honor of National Infertility Awareness Week, I wanted to take some time to talk about infertility in the Bible. This is the topic that I am so passionate about. If you know my story at all, you know that I went through uh, a long period of infertility before we had our firstborn, Rosie. Um, and infertility forged my faith and refined my faith in a way that I can't even fully describe. It definitely injured my faith in certain ways, but then in many ways, it also built it into something uh, much stronger than I would have been without it. But I think in honor of infertility and so many women that I know that have gone through the struggle of infertility um, and as well as women that are still Dealing with infertility, I wanted to talk about infertility in Scripture because I think that uh, the Bible definitely has has a lot of women who dealt with infertility in the Scriptures, and I think it's a topic that we can be misinformed about as Christian women. You know, I think that as Christians we tend to associate hard things with fault you know we look to assign and attribute guilt to bad things that happen to us and without realizing it we can almost be a little bit of like karma people you know we can we can have almost karma theology of oh man if something bad's happening to you or if you don't have something it must be because you are x y and z and nothing called my theology into question quite like infertility. And um, one in eight women suffer from infertility. And I am that one in eight. And many, many, many women that I know are also that one in eight. And so even if you yourself have never gone through infertility, it's such an important thing to know about and to understand um, a little bit about um, because very likely one of your friends is going through it right now And, um, and it's something that I think is just important even as just women that we continue to open up conversations about these things, whether it's miscarriages infertility postpartum depression there are so many different things that we as women experience um, when it comes to maternal health that is so important for us to really love one another and sympathize with one another Um, and so as we think about this topic of infertility i wanted just to talk about some of the incredible women that deal with infertility in the Bible. And if you've never studied it out, it's a great, great Bible study. We know that Sarah dealt with infertility. She's the first one right in uh, Genesis 18. It talks about it. We know that Rebecca was barren for many years. Rachel in Genesis 30. Hannah, we've done a whole episode on Hannah before. You can go back and listen to it. I love that Manoah's wife, Samson's mom, was barren for many, many years. That story is hysterical. You should definitely go back and read it. Judges 13, Manoah's wife is amazing. Um, Second Kings 4 talks about one of my most favorite women that I only would have discovered. I only discovered her through going through infertility, and that was the Shunammite woman. Um, And that she's amazing. And it's just crazy story. You should definitely go back and read it. Second Kings four, the Shunammite woman, amazing woman who was so hospitable in the face of her infertility, uh, who is a determined woman. Definitely go back and read it. And then we also know Elizabeth in the New Testament. And so those are some those are some heavy hitters, you know, infertility is all over the scripture. Um, we know that McCall also, um, or Michael, I never know how to say her name, um, that she was barren. We don't know why, or, um, some people think it's that that was due to a fault of her own, but the Bible actually doesn't say that. Um, but I want to look over in Psalms in chapter 56, in verse eight. And I'm reading from the NLT today. And it says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. I think that this is a verse that when I read it, it definitely takes me back to my time of infertility and infertility, as well as so many things that we go through as women, it can be an isolating grief. And it can be a grief that you can feel so alone in, in your circumstance. You can feel so isolated, so misunderstood. And this verse really gives me so much hope when I read it. Even now, I think about that time and It's almost painful to remember certain things about that time, but to remember that God keeps track of our hurts. God remembers each and every tear, even if nobody else gets it, even if nobody else understands, even if nobody else witnesses our grief, our God does. And he remembers them. He keeps track of them. And he even records them. What an amazing God that we have who isn't afraid of our grief, who isn't afraid of our tears, but gets right smack dab in the middle of our hurt and our sorrow and our tears. And he holds on to them, he remembers them. What an amazing God that we have. You know, as I look at some of these women, who dealt with infertility in the scriptures, there's several lessons that I think that we can take away from them. And I'm not going to go through each one today through each of the women because it's honestly, it's a worthy Bible study. You should totally go back and, and study out these women. I'm sure that most of us haven't done a deep dive on Manoah's wife, but I highly recommend it. And maybe you've never even heard of the Shunammite woman, but I totally recommend a study on her because she's amazing. But here's some of the lessons that I learned as I went through infertility and studied out these women. Number one, infertility is not your fault. When we look at the scriptures, we don't see a God that blames these women for their circumstances. Our world does that, but God doesn't do it. And I want to say, sometimes I think in our world, we, without realizing it, blame women for infertility. Allow me to say this. If you know someone that's going through infertility, or even if you just know someone that's trying to have a baby, things that make it seem like it's their fault that they can't get pregnant is when we say things like, don't stress about it, then you'll get pregnant. That's basically saying that it's a woman's fault that she's not getting pregnant, that she's too stressed out to not get pregnant, and it's blaming her for her infertility. God doesn't do that with us. You know, when we say things like, oh, have you tried eating this or eating that? Again, it's blaming women as if a pineapple could fix infertility. We have to be so careful with our words and not assigning blame as to why people can't get pregnant. God doesn't do that with women. You know, yes, Sarah struggled in her faith. We know that. It was it was rough. You know, I love um, the example of Rachel. She tells her husband, give me children or I'll die. Talk about a dark time in her life. I mean, that is straight up darkness. And yet I relate to this woman. I remember feeling that way, but does God get mad at her in that moment? Does he say, Whoa, you are so messed up. How dare you say that? Now you're definitely not having kids. No, like even though infertility led her to some dark places, God doesn't count her out. He doesn't blame her. He loves her and he does open her womb. It's She didn't earn a baby. She didn't have to wait in this beautiful, perfect way in order for God to grant her a child. So it's not your fault. That would be the first thing I would say that we learn from scripture. Um, the second thing that we learn, it's okay to look for mandrakes. Okay, this is one of my favorite things that I learned. I used to feel very guilty about the idea of potentially needing help with fertility treatments. Um, And I think that this is something every woman has to figure out her own, you know, convictions and beliefs about these things. But when I looked at the story of Rachel in Genesis 30, you actually see her looking for mandrakes at one point in the story. And mandrakes are this fruit that, um, in ancient times were thought to increase fertility and girlfriend was looking for them; She was, she was trying to use them and, uh, and, and probably so that she could get pregnant. Now, I don't think that the mandrakes are probably the thing that really helped her out here, but God doesn't comment on it he doesn't shame her for looking for help to get pregnant. He doesn't get mad at her. Um, He really, he's silent on the issue. And I think that that's something that gave me a lot of freedom is, hey, we have our own mandrakes that we try. You know, Jesse and I went to a fertility specialist and thank goodness because Rosie is here today and she is our our miracle baby. And I'm so thankful that God didn't, you know, that he opened the door for us to look for mandrakes. And, um, and I think that God really blessed our efforts. We prayed a ton about it. We got so much advice. Um, and, and we even really heard God's voice, you know, through our experience, uh, in a fertility clinic. Next thing, hoping hurts. Hope hurts. And hope deferred makes the, you know, we know that scripture that hope hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think that hoping over a long period of time, it can wear us down. You know, I learned that really from the Shunammite woman, you see her, she was tired of hoping. And I think that there's so much grace that needs to be given to women that are hoping for things a spouse a a baby a relationship whatever it is hoping hurts and it can wear us down and our god sees that and he knows that and he's with us in that hurt i think another thing that we see over and over again through these women is that prayers are heard God hears our prayers. Maybe he doesn't answer them in the way that we want him to right away, but God does remember our prayers. He sees our prayers. He holds on to them, and he remembers them. You know, you look at Hannah, and God remembered Hannah. I love so many times in these scriptures, it'll talk about how God remembers them. And infertility can feel like a time where you feel forgotten, but God never forgets us. The world may forget us, but God never does. Another thing that we see is that God sees women. Many times in these stories, the woman is the one that God is really talking about and talking to. I love Manoah's wife, uh, the angel keeps appearing to Manoah's wife, not to Manoah. And is kind of like annoyed about it. He's like, um, I don't really believe it. But God deemed this woman is worthy of revealing himself to. And I love that story so much. It's really cool. I love, um, I love how Sarah, you know, God. God, God must have laughed at Sarah because Sarah was crazy. I mean, she laughed at God, but God saw Sarah. These women are incredible and God hears and sees women. Lastly, I think one of the things that we learned from these women is that women that are infertile are very strong. And, uh, this could make me cry, but you are so much stronger than you even know. And those of us who are moms, who have either gone through infertility or have friends that have gone through it, we want you to know, I'll speak for a lot of moms right now, that we admire you, we love you, and we need you. I hope that this has been a helpful episode, whether or not you've gone through what I've described today or whether you have friends that you're looking to support. We need one another. We need God and thank goodness for the scriptures which guide us in all circumstances no matter what. I hope you have a great week. Thanks so much for listening everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you like and subscribe to the My Everyday Chaos podcast. Share it with friends. Always looking to encourage women on their journey through this chaotic but wonderful life. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.